0: Or it would have been more interesting, but John Glover, right? It's a great actor. Lando Calrissian, totally narrating it. And I'm totally fine with that being live, thank you.
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast.
2: You're not Uh, allowed to say that if you're not showing your face.
1: What? What? Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast, the very best Dresden Files podcast brought to you by the Broken Jars Network. Uh, we are going to be talking about Ghost Story today, uh, one of the finest of the uh, novels, numbered 13. Uh, so I'm curious if we have any news. I think we have a little bit of news since it's been a while since we had an episode. We've got loads of news, fine we news.
0: Well, it's not news to us, but since we haven't talked about it
2: on the episode, then on an uh, Let's see. Uh Jim is still wrap-up chapter away from the end of Peace Talks. <laughs> Presumably, allegedly. You Possibly, know. maybe. Yeah, he wrote know. the second to last chapter as far as we know, as far as That was um, a month ago, and he's,
1: yeah, so he's been
2: at yeah, cons. Well, yeah, he's on the con circuit now. So they're announced that one of the recent cons was some stuff about the TV show. Uh they, uh, they have a writer for it who's actually very interested in reading the series before he really tackles it. So that's a good sign. And uh, Priscilla, who's Jim's like right-hand woman for this kind of media stuff, is going to be a bit of a go-between. Uh, so he will have a voice in the room, which is encouraging. She's writing the Bible, the, the show's Bible, for it. And they're
0: trying to get her on as like an actual producer, it sounds like. So mm-hmm. kind of a big deal.
1: She did say that the producer thing is a little bit jumping the gun at the moment. So, uh, but but she still is going to be involved somewhat with the production, which which is encouraging. And, yes. uh, Jim is an executive producer as ever called too.
3: Which I right? I'm
4: glad he's got more rights this time.
0: Right, mm-hmm. I mean, executive you know, producer mostly means probably he's got veto power, and he just doesn't show up on set unless he wants to. So,
3: I mean, oh, sure. I hope he has veto sure. power. It could mean all sorts of things. It's like the one of the most vague titles ever.
2: Right. Hey, listen, a writer that wants to read the book so he can do the source material justice is encouraging enough to me. The rest is right. the I'm still worry about
3: the Witcher series, but <laughs> okay. And, and
2: uh... actually, from the will look great for them. What is it? Lastly, we have a new short story announced for October. This is going to be a Goodman Gray story. Uh, Timeframe indeterminate because, you know, he's really fucking old, and it could be like Lucio and some time in the past. It could be more modern. Who knows? But I'm sure it'll be pretty good.
1: Yeah, the title and of the it, anthology is uh, Parallel Worlds, The Heroes Within, featuring a number of authors. Uh, the other name I recognize is Sarah Hoyt, who's also featured in this uh, anthology. But uh yeah again parallel worlds
4: very hyped for this story very annoyed about more anthology stories. I'm it is also no
2: cents. longer 99 cents. You missed your opportunity to buy it cheap.
4: Uh, um I don't read ebooks. I listen or I read for an actual
2: dollar, book. I'll I'll deal but yeah. Oh yeah, me I'm, neither. I don't sign up to ebooks.
0: I'm I'm more annoyed that it's going to be all the way in freaking October so
2: yeah. At least it's not a Harry birthday story. <laughs> you so far. <laughs> we don't know. I mean <laughs> Margaret <laughs> could
0: be involved. It's it's good Ooh, sure. I like it. But it's Goodman Grey, right? So he could totally pop out of a cake singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, because you know, shapeshifter. So just saying.
4: I'm good. But you know what Jim's done now? Now he's gotta like write enough short stories
2: for another anthology or
4: for something.
1: Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. Come on yeah. with another title. What is, well, what he's, is, con- he's had know? at
2: least three short story ideas that have never really come to fruition yet. That, I mean, everyone knew there was going to be another anthology, even if he wanted to lie to himself. It's going to be side
4: cases. <laughs> yeah. Brief, brief
2: jobs. Combined side Cases. Brief jobs.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's, I believe, all the news that's fit to print as far as future works.
1: And that right. wraps up our ghost story discussion. Oh, so that was please. a great
0: <laughs> Please, yes. So so at least to cover recover the Q and A stuff. Long story short, he's had like three con appearances and he did a reading, but nothing new if you're generally up on
2: you know currently. Yeah, or- if you're looking for world building info or new tidbits to the coming, it's it's not.
0: Yeah, like the the main news thing was officially finding out about Priscilla's involvement, which, by the way, just to give credit from where I learned about it was Andreas. He had found, I guess, she had like a public resume somewhere and it's like, oh. Yeah, she has a a
4: website with a resume where it says she's writing it for the Donner Company, I think, which is like they do Fox movies and shows.
0: Like Logan and whatever, right? That and and that was somewhat known, you know, when the show announcement came, but it was just like if this is all supposed to be hush hush, why do you have this just on the internet for anyone to find, you know? So All right, ghost story. So okay. Dresden dies, he comes back as a ghost, the end. All right. Cold cold days.
2: <laughs> Don't tease me. Okay. I know, okay.
0: director. She's totally unamused right now, so she are just reads.
2: Ghost
3: Story is it. a pretty good book, and no one gives it enough credit. I the actually reason it, for
2: that.
4: It grows on me every time I reread it. Now that's syndrome. But since this is that's such true. a good book, director, I'm looking forward to your synopsis, uh, synopsis, synopsis, and your thoughts on on this this great book that you love so much.
3: I think it's a needed step backwards for Harry. Like after all of the shit of changes, having to be in the passenger seat and not being able to do anything, it was really necessary for his mindset going into cold days.
1: And I, I actually agree with that. I think, but I think that that's reflected in the fact that in those stories, the strongest moments are all little side stories, like the Dresden mm-hmm. Files, Gaiden, and the weakest parts are when you have the overarching plot, where it's oh, it's. And that's that's I think what brings it down.
3: and uh, also this is an opportunity for Harry to think about who he is as a person because all he is is memory, and he has to like be very introspective, and that helps when he's tackling the mantle.
4: I think I see this kind of like and if we use the a and, and, and Marvel analogy, is that like this was like changes was was in game. It was the end of an of an era of of one big part of the Dresden story, and Ghost Story is kind of like the recap, the retrospective, and setting up the the, the next big story arc.
0: Right, I mean changes for a lot of Cold reasons. Cold Days basically. opens it,
4: but Ghost Story is like the retrospective of it.
0: Yeah, and and changes definitely shuts down. A lot of things, almost everything, you know, like surprise. It's called changes. Everything changes, and for everybody, you know, like and and you you really see the ramifications for that in Ghost Story. So,
3: yeah, this is when I, Molly gets really interesting to me because I like her when she's damaged.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, the rag lady aspect. Uh, sick.
4: sick people,
3: yeah.
1: Come on, Molly. Well, the lady the aspect for, for Molly is, is a fantastic bit of character development for her. Uh, and if it had just been that, like another, maybe another sub-thread in the events going on in Chicago as Harry's trying to get back to his body and figuring out what's going on, it, the, biggest, the biggest issue is that the main plot points just feel so shoehorned in uh, when really him trying to get his body should be motivation enough. not. There are a lot of very bold conceptual choices made here. The issue is that the execution kind of falls back onto these old, big bad procedural patterns.
3: uh, I disagree with your core point. Like, I don't. You think so? The the plot of let's see, Corpse Taker. That's one aspect of the whole world that is like it's a symptom of how everything went to shit when he died. And. When he was talking to Leah, he was running around solving people's problems and not doing the thing he's supposed to do of finding his killer, and she points out, you've been doing nothing else. It's a runaround until he gets to the answer, but it, it's not that the plot strung it up badly, it's that that wasn't the point of the story. <sighs> it is hard to describe, and I, I don't think I did that very well, but... the as you were describing it, I disagreed.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, to to flip it a little bit, right? So, like, let's let's set up some of the let's set up some of the pieces here, right? So, a lot of what's going on with Ghost Story is that there are two key um, power vacuums that happen because of what happened in Changes, right? So, in Changes, the Red Court, all of those fuckers are gone and all of their vassals, like any half-vampires, all of that nonsense, basically, that nation just disappeared, leaving a giant power vacuum. Mm-hmm. So we find out a little bit in Aftermath, but definitely in, in Ghost Story, that these fuckers that are older than time, basically, that have been around since you know ancient times, these Fomor were just waiting for an opportunity to fill in a power vacuum such as that, so they started moving practically overnight. Which to me makes me think that they were in on it, right? Like they're definitely one of the pawns, if not you know one of the key players with the Black Council and you know all of those goings on. Like I think I think if you if you sit back and look at the the wider geopolitics, for like lack of a better phrase, for the Dresden First, right? The the Black Council knew whatever was going to happen between the White Council and the Red Court, somebody wasn't going to make it. Preferably, neither of them were going to make it, right? Because they would have been the two toughest nations. But either way, the FOMOR were coming back in force, you know? So that's, that's power vacuum one. Power vacuum two is... The, the, the Lone Ranger of Chicago died and is missing. You know, loads of people understand him as being dead and they've given up on him. Uh, Karen and presumably others still hold out hope that, well, we didn't see the body, so he's not dead dead yet. Either way, he's missing you know, Superman has left the planet and whatever. And so you see how that impacts Chicagoland and how Marcone again, almost literally overnight, certainly within the same week, like starts building on the ruins of his house. They build this better future society and start putting all of these things together. So like taking a step back, right? Like with the whole ghost story thing, especially from the corpse taker angle, like if Harry had still been alive somehow, if he had survived, through the end of Changes. Like, how would that have changed the plot of her whole thing, right? Because she's been, for years, trying to get her power back so that she could enact this plan and go after Morty, presumably. Would she have gone after Dresden directly instead? Like, because... Like that's that's one of the things from what you were saying there that I'm kind of curious about is like her timetable doesn't seem like it drastically altered just because Dresden's not there. She just benefited from it. You know, she didn't just suddenly boo come out of the woodwork like the Fulmore did, or like a lot of the other denizens of the Never Never and other creepy side because Dresden's not there. She's just puttering around because she's a ghost, she's gotta get more power, more whatever, and then she just it just happened to line up where
4: Harry got sent back, you know, happened like Uriel had like did not. Yeah. It's the coincidence
3: not... in the way that Uriel makes coincidences happen.
4: But,
3: uh... but this
0: was on Jack though. Right. Like that's, then that's the thing from the end. Right. Like, it's funny cause Harry calls out Uriel. He's like, really? You had no idea that this was going to happen. So like, who are you trying to fool? Right. But it's either Uriel really did somehow get tricked or, you know, he's just a shit actor and is trying to lie, <laughs> lie to Harry, which I guess that's got other ramifications with him being an archangel and everything. But, um, you know, plausible deniability, maybe.
3: Yeah, definitely. Probably more <laughs> that one. It's like, I would really like Dresden to make this choice. And then Jack makes it happen.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> and that I mean, that was Jack's point, right? He's like, you needed him to go back to Chicago, so I made it happen. So... <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was like a, a dangerous man like that with all his friends. Two or three of them got to be in danger at any point in time. It's not really a lie. At least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that interchange.
3: It's very practical, right? <laughs> but, yeah, so the well, corpse taker and everything that she was doing, uh, as what Leah said, that it took her months even just to gain coherence again after she died so it's taken years for her to get to the point of being able to capture morty she might have been able to benefit from the Fomor because whatever deal that she had going on with them she might have been gaining resources like right. they find small talents that are able to be affected by her so her timetable may have been moving up just because of their involvement but nothing due to harry returning except for uriel's weirdness
0: right yeah so it i mean it's kind of to ben's point right like if you look at the overall plot and the overall story it does seem like the a plot stuff doesn't necessarily fit and and jive as well with the like all the little b stories that that come out of it, you know so like you get fan- a fantastic amount of world building like you get you get more questions about the FOMOR, which I feel like that keeps piling up all the way even through skin game, where you're just like more weirdness and more questions and we're not really getting answers, we're getting a couple here and there. And so hopefully in peace talks, we'll finally start getting some actual answers and shit. But, um, but you know, like if you hadn't read the side stories, especially, you know, like uh, Listen is the guy, right? Listen is the, the main servitor or whatever that shows up. And he's like, why did you take like a level three talent or whatever he's classified Morty as? And, and so like there's all of this stuff. And like there's Tier a
4: rating. Tier two acid, I think.
0: Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. And so, like, and and if Morty is a tier two asset, where does Harry fall? Like, would he be a tier one asset, or is it less? You know, like
4: tier, okay. tier one, I think. Yeah, because I think Morty's Morty a tier is a very, very two. strong specialized uh, specialized uh, caster. And the only ones above those, which I would imagine would be tier two, would be would be overall wizards, like or, or something Council. similar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hannah Asher, mentioned... for example, would be tier two as well, right?
3: I think Listen mentioned that the other talents, other lesser talents would have been tier four. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so it just, but it's interesting to find out they have a cataloging system and what are they doing? Like, we still don't fully know what they're doing with all these people.
3: Like that- They're getting gills and tactile necks.
0: Some of them, maybe if they're joiners, maybe they're getting transferred, but it's not like we've seen any of the Paranet women show up right all, I mean, all as far as we know all of the agents of the fulmore have been male
4: right my guess just a guess because we don't know is that how they empower their servitors is by taking talent from
2: other people and giving it to them
4: somehow. yeah you're
3: thinking sanderson so <laughs>
2: well, right, they, the spell <laughs> does exist there was a word of jim some years back that you could there is a way to take magic from people and it's it's pretty bad so, it wouldn't be the uh, necessarily the the worst idea if you're trying to uh, rebuild. I mean, these guys are all the casts off from all the uh, all the myths, all the legends, all of this that they're a hodgepodge. So I imagine, right. however, they get power, they're willing to do.
3: So all of the thugs that we've seen seem to be male, mm-hmm. uh, but in aftermath they were kidnapping. Georgia and Andy
2: right mm-hmm. and well, you can always use brood mares I mean, right that, that that a thing.
0: I, I wanted I wanted to say I felt like they even said that said as much or maybe Murphy said that in aftermath but it's been too long to remember the specifics so but.
1: mm-hmm
3: and even the people that they mentioned had gone missing. It seemed like they were more female than not.
0: Well, from it's it's another it's another omission, if nothing else, right? Like mm-hmm. from the paranet, which I guess maybe it's my thing because it comes mostly from the ordo, right? The ordo was a female-only group, right? And right. so, like, I I guess just like who else do we have that we know interfaces with the paranet? Elaine.
3: Yeah, but right like they mentioned the, the girl by name, the hippie girl, the sunshine or something. Right. And so that kind of anchors it as being that they're taking women versus wow. men. Because I think, I think she's the only one mentioned by powers, name. with powers,
4: and that's it. But,
0: Well, and yeah, we just, I don't think we've ever met a male minor talent that I can think of either. I, and I mean, there has to be one, but...
2: Well, depends on what you... Called talent. I mean, I someone guess. like Tilly, or, Cam- yeah. Tilly Minder. is he a minor? I mean, or is he a tier two or three? Oh, no, uh, well, that's the thing. Mort and Binder. and okay. and um and Binder to me I don't. I mean, yes, they're very specialized, but I wouldn't necessarily classify them as minor either. They're kind of in the, you know, I guess may, maybe Binder more than than Mort anyway right. would be minor. Cool.
1: One, one thing that might not be quite related, but is maybe, uh, is that you do have the escape of Justine and the child right? uh, down up to Marcone in uh, what was that? You remember the the Marcone first perspective. First even perspective, hand, even hand. So you do have uh, Justine and uh, a, a young girl captive down there. Justine was in delegation, of course, but was where did the young girl come from?
3: Well it seems so they're taking females captive but they're not using them as thugs. sure sure
1: which which would simply make sense but they presumably they are still taking females captive yeah well, I mean the easiest
2: to uh, I shouldn't necessarily say the easiest but if there are no real for the sake of argument uh, women fo more just like out of hand if you want to make more you know fastest way to make scions is. With mortals, anyway.
4: Yeah, with those uh, frock people. I mean, great,
1: great, great thought. So who again? Yeah, it is an
2: adult book series.
1: Well, and the more are definitely filling out that uh, that creepy human trafficking angle. Uh, you know, if you want to have a real world analog, so I oh. I would not put it past them to have that as their purpose.
0: I mean, the Reds were there too, right? Like, if you That's think true, about. True. Butcher basically took like all of the bad things from South and Latin America, all of the cartel nonsense and everything, and laid that at the feet of the Red Court, right? So, um, so I mean, easily all all of the human trafficking and whatever is involved there too. Red Court have the creepy hypnosis powers and the the narcotic spit and whatever. So, uh, I mean, certainly the White Court isn't, you know, it's not like they're clean of it either. I'm sure. I'm sure there are houses or something like that that would participate. You know, you just have the, the, the wraiths. you know, tend to still want to hunt and whatever else, you know.
2: Um, there is so, um, I'm just, I'm trying to remember. Bombshells was the other side story with the Fulmore, right? Yeah. yeah. Because they mentioned a girl Fulmore in that one. I think she's called the Empress.
3: Oh yeah. I do remember that.
2: Is um, it a hive kind of thing? I don't know, but she was like, yeah, well, yeah. with way above their t- pay grade, right? And
0: with the Fomor, it's it's impossible to tell anyway, right? Because you know, so like I I think so I, I use the term Sahuagin because they're from D anD D, and we see some monsters that kind of look like that in in one of the comics. Like Harry fights some like uh, swamp creature or sea creature or whatever that could fit the bill. Um, but you know, like that's a core contingent, right? Possibly the former fairy contingent, but again, they're made up of other broken races and gods and stuff like that too. So we've got Jotun's and some other things that are going to get in the mix as well. Um, so maybe they just tend to adapt this theme because they were cast out into the sea, but I do expect, you know, we're going to see more than just that. and We already know as much from spoilers, the first chapter of, uh, peace talks. Um, you know, that they find, you know, basically, Jotun tracks and whatever else, so...
3: Oh, they find giant tracks.
0: Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's probably Jotun, so...
3: <laughs> you know. I don't know. I think Odin did a pretty good job getting rid of them.
2: Well, I mean, you don't see, see any around, but that's because they're underwater. It's it's they out. retreated, and that's around the time that they uh, the, the Norse sort of lost their influence, at least given uh, their conversation and changes. You know, all, all his kids and all his influence and all their power sort of started waning after the Jotuns retreated. Whatever that ends <laughs> up meaning, and you know, I I used to think I still sometimes uh, I go back and forth as to whether or not they were kind of like the, you know, like what Mab has now at the gates, but for the Norse, uh, and then they either uh, just shirked their duties or they got infected or whatever it was, and that they lost their fighting force there and so winter had to end up taking over right but that's really neither here nor there as to whether i mean they're obviously part of the the fomor now so even if they weren't uh, good once before they're definitely bad now
0: so this is
2: super off topic but related to what you're talking about now
0: valhalla makes more sense for it to be like, the gates, right, to be their version of the gates, because dead warriors go to now fight.
3: It's like Arctis Tor, it's the seat of power, it's where they go when they're training. They're, the gates of power would still be elsewhere.
0: But I thought they still, like, they're eternal warriors, right? So kind of mm-hmm. like the Iron Niner come back, yeah. but they're still yeah. around fighting in Valhalla, right? It's like so it's, instead each other, is-
3: it's, it's the base, of, the protective base of, like, sparring and it has a goat that just gives eternal mead and things like that it's not gotcha. the place of battle
2: okay yeah there was some other place that i'm forgetting the name of it where it was i, I don't know was it higher than valhalla it was like
3: mm, probably not higher. Or it was
2: more more a proper afterlife it, than i don't know whatever it is um dang w- warriors that die warriors
4: no. dying in battle goes to valhalla uh, mostly, everyone else goes to hell. I He's think that there is something about Frey having something, something for people who didn't die in battle. Something I don't remember exactly. But
2: wasn't there a place that uh, there's nothing? Like ha- the there's
4: gods, not- no. no. nothing higher than Valhalla. Well, the gods live live there. Warriors who die because gets to join there, they get to fight every day on an internal battlefield, and once they're done for the day, they get rest up, go in and have endless meat and endless pick. Okay.
0: So we're about halfway through this and we haven't talked very much about ghost stories, so maybe we should That's get on okay. the train before we got three parts of ghost story. So on with it. So I mean Harry dies. He comes back as a ghost. He goes to
3: the in-between. Uh-oh.
2: Purgatory.
3: Chicagatory was fun. And Carmichael being snarky.
2: Mm-hmm. Carmichael comes back and, and we get to see uh, Karen's dad. Yeah.
3: And Harry gets suspicious of some of the guards and tries to open up his sight, which it seems strange that he would even try to do that as a ghost, because I would assume that that wouldn't work. But it didn't work only because the angel said no.
2: Yeah, literally shut it down.
3: Well, Harry
4: can do it presumably because he th- thinks he can do it.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure that's the answer. But my, if I came back as a ghost, my immediate response would be, I probably can't do the things that I can.
2: I was going to say because it's like you know other other supernatural creatures, you know, your vampires, your your fairies, they don't really have the sight per se, it's just kind of natural for them. I think they just sort of see things the way they are. You would think a ghost with the veil lifted would be able to do that, but I guess not.
3: uh, Jack Murphy is very snarky in his own gruff way. And then Harry goes to Morty.
2: Yes, Jack tells him that three of his friends are going to die if he doesn't go back and solve how he died. So he goes back. Um, He has to talk to Mort, because, you know, who else is he going to talk to but the guy who
3: talks to the dead? But first he has to meet John Cleese.
2: Yes, he runs into Sir Stewart, who is an ancestor of uh, Mortimer's. He's actually just his shade. The real Sir Stewart is long gone. But, yeah. uh,
3: and, and he's very comfortable with that, and he's
2: totally John Cleese. But over the years, Mort has sort of been building up, uh, ghosts through Sir Stewart as a defense system for his house. Um, so, you know, they powwow, and, and Harry, uh, has a run in with a wraith. Um, oh, basically oh. like a ghost gone bad. They eat other ghosts, gain power. And, uh, so he finally has a nice chat with Morty, and, uh,
3: now this is we start to see Evil Bob at this point, too. And yeah. they brought a thug to break down the door when the ghosts couldn't.
2: Right. Was that the Grey Ghost already at that point? I don't remember. Because I think the Grey the gray Ghost is already the corpse taker. Or...
3: Well, the Grey Ghost is definitely the corpse taker, but I don't remember if she was there, but I do remember that Harry found Evil Bob at that point. Right.
2: She's there. Okay. Yeah, she's the grey ghost that's there, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, but they end up repelling the attack enough, and uh, Harry gets to have a little bit of a run-in with, like, ghost dust and, and learn more about what makes a ghost and the mechanics and this, that, and the other thing.
3: Mort does this pr- uh, possession, but he's in control. Yeah, I had to borrow twins. your
4: powers. Totally in control here. I did it. Mm-hmm. Mortimer. Yeah. It wasn't interesting.
3: Well, Justin falls in and then he gets kicked out and then Mort calls everyone else that he possibly needs and beats the shit out of the thug. And then they just leave the thug in his house.
2: Well, the ghosts will watch him.
3: (laughs) But the thug is just there and they go away. That's all right.
2: I don't remember what they did with uh, what's-his-face and changes that they captured.
3: They let him go after they interrogated him. Did they? Mm-hmm. I could
2: have sworn he was just still in the back room of St. Mary's. So like, you get to go.
3: Yeah. So if you tell me all the things, and I don't hurt you or break you in half and put you in the incinerator. That was nice the of them. Break board break
1: bo- <laughs> yeah.
2: But anyway, so they are going on a nice car ride, and Dresden has to be taught how to be a ghost so he can sit in the car without falling through. <laughs> yeah,
0: stop thinking about your ass falling through the seat, and you'll be fine.
2: Yep. And uh, they head over to uh, to Murphy's place.
3: And so hover. All right.
2: Totally be creeps, let's be honest.
3: Yeah. So there's a...
2: I was going to say, they spent a good three chapters outside. Right. Yeah.
3: And, and there's a, a dude named Childs who's there and asking about the rag lady. And Murphy says, she's mine, but she's scary.
0: Right. Childs is Marcone's proxy and also like his number one now, apparently, because for some reason it's not Miss So... Mm-hmm.
3: Mm.
2: She and Hendrix are probably doing something else.
3: Well, Garden Hendrix, certainly. Demeter, don't know what she's doing.
2: Right. She might Garden, be at this point. Garden Hendrix almost certainly went to Italy with Marcone for whatever. I yeah, was going to say, I don't think Demeter's ever been a proxy and you know, on this level. like She just kind of runs okay. executive priority.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess I'm mixing that because we thought butthead or I I'm mixing it because Butthead came to her like she was standing in for Marcone or
2: something, but
4: and he wanted he the just wanted uh, everything from her part
2: of the- right. right. Well there's also the fact that I mean no one else was around, right? Like Sigrun was hurt and Hendrix is with her, so I guess theoretically yeah, so maybe this guy Childs now is above her in that respect, but there was really nobody else to go to at that point that had been named anyway, right?
3: I do and wonder what, this, what this she's child's, going to be in his organization because she is a talent and knows magic and is also very ruthless. Like also, his lover will use her very well.
2: Yes, and sometimes love her. Yeah, <laughs> and wanted him so dead.
4: the first lady. That doesn't mean she's the, you know she she's not the vice president, so she doesn't take over running the organization. Huh. <laughs>
2: Whatever it is, she has her job. She does it. She's not here.
0: Great.
1: Right. Uh, in this in this scene with uh, with Murphy? Uh, this is actually one of the points where I was thinking, this is where Ghost Story is at its strongest. Uh, and I wonder if the if Ghost Story would be better off if you didn't read Aftermath before reading Ghost Story. Uh, when I was just reading, I, Ghost Story had already been written, so I just read straight through from Changes of Ghost Story, uh, and the kind of the shock of seeing. People adapt to a Harryless world. Characters who we had known for a while, and there's this kind of jarring change, or appearance of change between who Murphy is in this book and who she was, even just in the previous book. Uh, I think that's one of the best best aspects of this of this novel.
3: If you don't read Aftermath, you're going through the same uh, perspective change that Harry is. Exactly if right. You read Aftermath, then, like you can get a different perspective, but you'll get a huge hint as to what things are going to be like six months later.
1: Okay. For sure. For sure. Uh, it's... Uh, but I, I feel I feel like Ghost Story is definitely at its strongest when it's Harry bouncing around to these vignettes and these situations and these characters and trying to piece together what's going on. Uh, anyway, I, I think I just I wanted to single out this scene as being Murphy, being a little bit more hard-hitting, being a little bit more uh, canny and shrewd, but also suspicious. Uh, back to her old habits, right? A little bit more rigid, a little bit more. Uh, sort of I would say better, this
4: also friendly. definitely ind- indicates a more, like, to me, a more unhappy Murphy. Murphy.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and th- and I just think this she is... also.
4: I think she was a lot less happy at the start of the Resident Files. Is one of the reasons why she maybe she was the way she was.
1: And this feeds right into your favorite book, Skin Game, right? With the whole climax of Skin Game. I think this exact skin game exactly follows the character development that's going on right here in this scene in Ghost Story. I would oh, argue. Oh, oh, <laughs> Breaking break the sword of the cross. And it follows from her having to hold down the fort, dealing to betrayal from Harry, never quite getting over that, but also wanting to just set things right herself to be like Harry, but she's got too much of that vengeance to which that anger, just like Harry does and shatters the sword as a result. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Okay.
3: But the scene is pretty good, or this couple of scenes really that are attached to each other because everyone that's meeting uh, at Murphy's house and they're all prepared and wary and then there's the white court vampire that shows up and sets them all on edge yeah, at least to start with. Right. What was her name again?
0: Alicia Alicia, Alicia right. Sorry. well, and and she goes in without being invited, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So
0: because she can. Yeah, they may, well they, yes, because she can, which is important, but also they make sure she doesn't have permission. And, and even still, she's still cocky enough to to challenge them all, like she would be able to bring them down until later, and Murphy just fucks her up, right? So,
4: yeah. Um, Quick side note on Felicia. I'm so annoyed Felicia's not the same in uh, Jury Duty*. I thought just so there isn't that many characters. I thought you would fit in nicely there, but you didn't. It wasn't her. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good talk. So they have their meeting. i, I want to I move it along but also want to like relate it to some of the other stories and, and other books like when i have something you can just do a
3: part two of ghost story i'm sure no be fine. i would actually really prefer
4: <laughs> we're gonna
0: have
3: to man how about if we just skip just...
2: all the stupid fits parts
3: <laughs>
1: oh come on
3: That so you can save not...
2: us half the book speaking of fits oh. so
0: they talk to Felicia. She dares them all to do stuff. Murphy fucks her up and threatens her and says, figure well, it out. Daniel
3: gives away that Murphy has two of the swords. Yeah, I mean, do we want to talk about all the minutiae so that we've got three parts? Or do so we we Daniel Carpenter is now becoming an adult and being really dumb about it. Well, yeah.
2: So it seems to be in line a line with the Carpenter children.
3: Uh, what, yeah.
0: Have you talked to sixteen-year-olds recently? He's a sixteen-year-old oh, <laughs> who is out of his depth, is what it is. Because he's that. Older is than that. He's already in the army in this army.
3: <laughs> what? what?
4: That has yeah. to be a word of Jim because we have no idea. There's nothing. Yeah. In the there
3: was no left. mention of him in the military. <laughs> he's just oh. wearing one of uh, Michael's old coats right. and being and very. was not that? Navy
2: Corman wasn't he? He wasn't. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not saying he was necessarily active duty, but he was, he was in. Yeah, it, oh, it was in the shorts. It was in Bombshells because he was uh, he brought back a an, an M9 bayonet from Afghanistan, so he was in the army or the Marines or something. Wow,
0: yeah, I had no idea, mm-hmm.
2: um,
0: and I mean Bombshells is post Ghost Story, but yeah, so. Um, because she's still kind of the rag lady in bombshells, but doing better. And then she finally kind of like gets her own place and whatever, because of bombshells. So mm-hmm. from helping the Spurf So bottles, the Spartos, whatever. So, yeah. So, so anyway, okay. Yeah, you're right. So, so she lets slip about the swords or he lets slip about the swords. Murphy, kicks her ass, like invites her to stay after and then just like kicks her ass and then says, you're never going to talk about this or else, which it's like she's white court. Of course she's going to talk about it. Just, um, so stupid.
3: Murphy did like smash her face in. Right. Super awesome. And yeah. then
0: Murphy's house gets smashed its face in. Well, but we, we talk yeah. about Molly first, I guess, right? Well, so
3: um, up, Mort introduces himself now that the white Court vampire is gone, and they start interrogating him about Harry, and Mm -hmm. they call Molly to get her there to actually confirm it, because they trust her even though she's gone crazy, and then the house gets smashed up.
0: Right. Well, yeah, I mean, they interrogate Harry through Mort for like hours, waiting for Molly to get there, and then basically... Molly Molly gets the whole hello, Grasshopper, and, and like, I forget what the other quote was, but you, uh, know, you know, she's like, How do you know Dagobah. it's Harry? It's like he quoted Star Wars, you know, so
3: you will go to the Dagobah system, and oh, yeah, it's crying.
0: You right? Will go to the Dagobah system. Are you here to take me away? Sorry, I just had to get that one in there. So, yeah,
3: that's once you know everything of Ghost Story and you read it again, and maybe this is why I can appreciate Molly when she's damaged, but. That is a huge hint of everything, but Harry doesn't see it because right. she asks why he's there. He says, I'm here to get my killer. And she says, Literally, the next thing is, Are you coming to take me yeah. away? Right.
0: Yep. Um,
3: and then, like,
0: even all of the interrogations, everybody's not sure until Mr. like shoulder charges him. And then they're like, Yep, fucking the cat likes him. So it's got to be him.
4: All right. So- Ectomancer of impeccable reputation or whatever he says. Uh, That's way,
3: way too far. Impeccable nothing. Like
4: (laughs) Well, that's what he thinks about himself.
2: He says something along those lines. It's
4: like
3: a worldwide reputation or something.
2: Yeah, well to be fair, Binder would probably have that same reaction if they were talking to something about him and his field. It's like, oh, you're not talking about the world class expert, but the cat. (laughs) Right. And then you throw in a few bloody hells, and that would be that.
3: And
0: okay, so then Murphy's house gets smashed up by yes.
3: bullets. And so. Harry gets another, like, <laughs> game tutorial type lesson of what you can do as a ghost. You can jump and disappear, and you can mess up uh, mechanical things like guns and engines. Right.
2: <laughs> Which he could already do.
3: He's
0: <laughs> like, I'm a wizard. I already know how to fuck up technology. Woohoo! So. Then and we he, meet Mitz, which is the single most important character of Ghost Story. So
2: all
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only guy who's smart. He takes all the guns and buries them in the snow and then takes his kids home to go get his ass beat by a wannabe sorcerer. So Begin. Aristides.
3: Begin. Oh, that was name. Yeah. And then he can hear dead people. Because of the reasons. Time. Why is that the first time he can hear a dead person? I think he's because
4: probably heard dead persons before.
2: Dead I was going to say, he's probably like bumped That's... into some guy that seemed out a place on the sidewalk but never thought anything of it. It was actually a dead person type deal. Are so you just
3: going to blame it on the loudness?
4: I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure his I'm not crazy thing was more than just hearing Harry. It was like he's heard things before. Like, I'm not crazy. I hear dead people. That's what's going on. That's how I interpret it. <sighs> That interaction.
3: I don't know. It could be something that has been coming on to him because of his age. If he's say sixteen, then it could be developing an Aristides in the connection or it was a stressful whatever.
4: situation also, he
3: Yeah. Like it could it could be that, you could say that, but it seems like if you have the ability to hear dead people and the ghosts are going crazy, Dresden should not be the first or and or only dead person you hear.
0: The plot demanded it.
3: Yep. Okay
0: yeah and besides besides dresden isn't a ghost he's something more he's something else he's just running around in
3: his soul which is exactly the same as a ghost which made me really really fucking suspicious that all of these ghosts are actually just the people's soul they're not shades of whoever they are the actual person that stayed behind because prove it that they're not you can't
0: sure i can other than, you know, what Bob and everybody else. Yeah, really. told. <laughs> Bob
2: looks like, you're like you're running around in your soul.
3: If Uriel says that they are shades and not the actual person or not the actual soul or whatever. OK, I believe it. Bob can be wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, doesn't, doesn't Uriel essentially say that at the end when they're talking about Sir Stewart that there's plenty enough to still build on for him?
3: That didn't say that he's not a ghost or that he's not a soul.
2: That's the, but they're talking about the mechanics of him
3: being a ghost. Well, Harry running around in his soul worked on the same mechanics as a ghost. He used up his memories and he became translucent.
0: So he definitely follows a lot of the similar rules. I'm not saying that's not the same thing, but that there were hairs being split there. That like it didn't it didn't seem. Hmm. I don't have a good way to put this, but there was a difference, obviously, so.
3: People could say that there's something different about you and maybe that's because his body was still alive and it makes me wonder if he'd regenerate over time due to the fact his body is still giving it energy in some way. But from everything that they laid out in this book, what is the difference between a person running around in their soul and a ghost? Especially when no one can give a clear answer is what happens to your soul if you leave behind a ghost.
2: Well, your soul moves on. I mean, or at least in the way Bob describes it, it's like, what did he say? The soul was the seed in your spirit body, or vice versa. And they sort of just become this other thing when you go to the afterlife.
3: Okay, so what happens if Corpse Corpse Taker uh, succeeded and got Morty's body, other than the fact that she wins... Um, is that the real corpse taker or not if she becomes alive again the same way that kemler did
2: well sure i mean if it if we're talking about it is as her soul essentially yeah then yeah
3: if the ghost is the soul and corpse taker becomes alive again then her you know but i was just sort i sort of
2: i i was under the um uh impression that due to the way the corpse taker works, she's essentially always hopping her soul. So her, she's kind of in the same boat as Harry. She's not just like a ghost. She's something more. Because her essence, her essence was always about transferring completely. So her, she's always going to be a little different.
0: Some of it seems to be a measure of will too, right? Because like Sir Stuart might be a little bit more because he's like, he's commanding these other ghosts, right? Whereas like, the Lecter Specters are very clearly your standard, like uh, Agatha Hagglethorn, right? Mm-hmm. They're the creepy, insane ghosts. So, I don't know. i like, uh, sure, it, maybe it's splitting hairs, like the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard, but there are differences, or a warlock and a sorcerer, right? You know, yeah, like probably better. There, there are tiers here. There are subtle differences that are involved. We don't exactly get like, you know, a, a textbook definition of what each of them are. And they do fit into the same kind of category. Um, but, you know, so like, but Uriel, even Uriel and Bob both talk about a soul, whereas that never comes up with Sir Stuart or with the other spirits. And if that's the case, like you think that there would be a little bit more conversation from Uriel when Harry just got a bunch of souls fucking obliterated. By, by storming the magical Normandy, right? Like, I, it seems like that would be a conversation.
3: You know, I don't know. I mean, if they get obliterated, maybe that's when they get to move on.
0: Right, but not if they're a soul. When your soul gets obliterated, you're done. It, we, we know that from soul fire, as well as, you know, from some of the right. stuff like- You just gotta kind of go to oblivion. And, like, yeah, you just cease to be, mm-hmm. uh, which is why it was so scary that Harry was down to basically his ghostly ghostness in in ghost story is like he could literally not do anything else, or else he would just be unmade, you know.
1: That I, I, I yeah, you know, I think if if the director is skeptical of Bob, Bob can be wrong. That's information we still get from Bob, right? That does you cease to be if you use all the soul fire. And
0: he felt it though, right? Like he tells Molly, "I can't do anything else," right? Like. You know, when he when he is in her mind and she's doing the the
2: fight with Corpse Taker, so, yeah. Like, well, he and Yuri will talk about it, too, about his options. You know, if he stays behind as really as he is now, he would be... He would either go nuts or be eaten within, like, a week. Right.
0: Like, he was borderline Wraith, if nothing else, but I think... like they had, I think they had alluded to the fact that, like, if he kept this up, he would go... it be a Wraith or
2: something, but... I th- I think, you know, in his case, he'd probably go to Oblivion, you know, instead. Also, I mean, Harry's created a ghost before. He didn't lose it. That wasn't his soul that went out of his body when he was fighting Kravos. True. I mean, he was still him. <laughs> I I could tell you really
0: want to carry this fight, but is this the hill we're going to d- kill this show on?
3: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I will drive us to a part 2.
0: That, uh, the whole kicking is kicking ass with a, with his ghost double is a really good point so but I oh, it man. could be
3: like I don't know it's just they did not describe the difference between a ghost and a soul enough. Right? When they work on the same mechanics and the same rules. Well, like I it's said, because so nobody so nobody so so knows robots.
4: for sure, except they yeah. know that
3: Uriel could Uriel could fucking explain that. But he won't. He could explain
0: loads of shit. He's not he going to explain see. everything. I was gonna say,
2: there's there's two so problems there. Dies. One is it one is it plot relevant, and two is it ever going to be plot relevant? Because Uriel could explain fucking everything. <laughs> he could. We could have had an explanation for Starborns by now. We could have had lots of stuff that we're not going to get. Yeah, so it relevant or we're. Galaxies. Yeah.
0: He, yeah. Uriel knows about the multiverse. We wouldn't have to speculate anymore. He could tell you, look, Harry, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but if you fuck this up, you fuck it up for everywhere.
2: <laughs> so, well, to be fair, we know about the multiverse for two reasons. One, because Vaderung tells us it's possible. And two, because we know Harry's going to go to one.
0: Right. But know, Bob is, could be wrong. He, Bob <laughs> wrong okay. what he said about okay. Spider-Man. First,
2: is, the spirit of intellect is wrong. And now the guy who's like a god saying... of all knowledge and magic is wrong. Right maybe he's, yeah, he's not I, an archangel, yeah. so only uh, archangels can uh, know
0: things
4: i mean I, f- I feel like at this point with the director we're going to be like okay we emailed jim we got a reply it's like what does what does he know really what does jim butcher know that's going to be
2: that's going to be the, well, the, other the thing time. that we're, we're talking about like i don't know that he's going to want to i mean I, he, he's fine with topics about this stuff i don't know that he's necessarily fleshed out the whole metaphysical afterlife no, necessarily maybe you
3: probably you know?
2: shouldn't put it on the right. list Episode hey. 77,
0: we're going to ask him, what's the difference between a ghost and a soul? And was Harry a ghost or a soul in Ghost Story? You are a soul, soul you like have people. a ghost. How right. about
4: that? Right? Yeah, you know, probably... actually well, well put, Gigi.
2: Thank you. E-G. <sighs> no, it was Gigi. Good game. No, EG. E-G. Either, E-G. Way. E-G. either way works.
1: <laughs> Paraphrasing
2: C.S. Lewis. Anyway, so can we skip over Fitz now?
0: No, He's got to get slapped around a little bit by Aristides because that's plot relevant. He's got to be super fast because wow. reasons. And then, what was next? He oh, Harry
3: Harry goes to his stay grave.
0: down and meet him at the guns at 11.
3: Yeah, and then Harry goes to his grave and gets to actually use it for once.
0: Yep. Well, for the first time.
3: Yeah. And then
0: he talks to Inez and eternal silence in air <laughs> for everybody's benefit. So.
3: I fucking love eternal silence.
0: He is super loud for being eternally silent. So
3: and then he's stuck That's ironic. In a loop.
0: Right. Well, he... It's funny because he he basically only says, like, he had only prepared so much to say because he, for whatever reason, can't communicate with ghosts on their level. So he had to, like, translate it into ghost English for Harry. Otherwise, he might have accidentally unmade him, which almost I mean, happens
2: anyways. I was going to say, considering who he is, he's, uh, translation is not, you know, things like talking and having a conversation are not important to him.
4: It's kind of like uh, in 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 cold days when he has Bob to translate, right? He just he's got trouble right. communicating,
2: right? Right.
4: And
0: yeah, he's dumbing, I mean, dumb it, it down gets,
2: from the dumbing down, right?
0: Yeah, so. and so you get introduced to that here, and then and then whatever. So, um, and the, I mean, all, the only thing I remember him saying basically is that you must understand, right?
3: Like, the you must that, understand your path. It is more than necessary. It is, it essential, is essential to survival. There you go. It's essential to survival of everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Sunset comes again, and he goes back to Morty's house, and it was on
2: fire, and it wasn't his fault, so. Legitimately phones.
3: Yeah, Yeah, because he couldn't have done it because he was in the graveyard, and the graveyard Although, to be, he be is fair,
2: boost. he is the main character, therefore everything is his fault. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because corpse takers wouldn't have totally been trying to attack Morty with Dresden. There, that's that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the only difference is like once, once it started attacking Mortimer, like I think Harry would have been just like, why don't I just like cross over and just kill her again? You know, like I, I, I don't know that the story would have been wildly wildly different. You know, or it would have been more like a speed bump if Harry had been still alive, right? Like he's dealt with plenty of ghosts, but. Um, yeah, well, so it would, have,
2: it would have depended on him being alive. Not to bring this onto another tangent as to whether or not he'd be doing shit for Ab now and not really be around for the events. Because right. what does she, what does she care about Mortimer? And
3: mm-hmm. I mean,
2: they she might care because of the foam involvement.
3: But see, Uriel would kind of care about Mortimer because Mortimer is Jack's friend and Jack well, is Uriel's.
2: Uriel cares mm-hmm. about lots of things, and he can't do shit.
3: Right, exactly. Oh, he can also, tell. Jack, like, I want this to happen, and Jack makes it happen.
0: Right, and also the whole Harry Mam thing only matters when she's got him on a job, though, right? Because she basically left him on the island for a year. So right, because um, she didn't need him. Right, so maybe he could have just been doing this in his downtime.
2: So and even was, then, she was technically speaking, there was it was only um, relevant because she wanted orchestrated the events to be relevant. It was A, a shopping trip, and B, screwing over the guy who she held responsible for violating her accords, because he did. But right. if if she and Hades and Marcone hadn't cooked up this whole plan, he could have been out there for fuck knows how long, until something of importance actively came up. Right. So. Yep. So, in addition to Morty's
0: house burning down, Sir Stewart also got trapped in a burning ring of fire and Ooh. almost killed. And... He gives almost the remainder of his power to Harry in the form of a A cannon. Yes, yeah, a hand cannon because it needs to be reloaded like a proper weapon. So,
3: Uh,
0: and then the Lemores attack uh, Harry, and his line is just hilarious to me. It's like you picked a real awful time to start up. You moops picked a real awful time to start up with me. So, (laughs) as he gets his ass kicked before Butters and Bob show up to save him.
3: Quoting Will Smith and Lily Moore is just like who? Right,
0: like they've probably been dead longer than Will Smith's been popular. So,
3: yeah. and, then... and he
4: does comic book fighting, right? That's why he does the comic book fighting. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't he go like kapow! when he like when he's like? I remember. Am I remembering wrong? Because I feel like he does that.
0: Sounds about right. It kind of fit with the theme. So and
3: then. Butters and Bob show up, Mm -hmm. and Bob is calling everyone Sahib.
0: Right. Well, mostly Butters. He calls Harry boss, and then he calls Butters, like, new boss or Sahib or whatever, so... Mm -hmm.
4: Sorry, Sahib. Great.
3: They put Harry back together, and then they start driving after Butters tells Murphy that they found Harry, and Harry starts sharing stories and details and stuff
0: well and isn't this where he rides along with bob and the skulls so
3: they have that whole no that's oh, it not until later process. okay gotcha because that only happened because it was daylight
0: right okay i just i didn't note that specifically but it does look like right in here is where we have the conversation about kemler again and you know that bob evil bob's running around and is approximately yeah, years because there. harry bob's
3: says hey why is there someone who looks just like you? And Bob's like, I have to think about it and shuts up.
0: Right. It's like, I really don't know because I forgot. You know? <laughs> How and much then, did you forget? Right. Oh, about 100 years or so. So, and but, it, but he does remember that Kemmler died like seven times apparently, so.
4: Mm-hmm. Because
2: he was allowed to remember general facts. Like- oh, yeah, I was going to say, he even remembered that before Harry unlocked Evil Bob the first time. He remembered yeah. the general stuff about him.
3: Right. because yeah. he would have known whatever things that Justin knew.
2: Right. Well, plus whatever the archives of the other wizards had and the fact that you know, he was picked up by Justin after the last death in 61.
3: Fair enough. So then they go to Harry's old place, which has become the Brighter Future Society. Buttershead wanted... Brighter future group for the initialism.
0: Right. BFG. Yeah. They're fucking gone.
2: Because he's a nerd.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, so Murphy's training with one of the jarn and yes. uh, dude harasses Butters, and Butters said, oh. I'll get in the ring about five minutes after I become a Knight of the Cross. Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> That's too on the nose, but, you know, functioning lightsaber. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And, uh, Harry has to try to restrain himself from protecting Murphy when she's sparring with a moose-sized person, Mm -hmm. even though he's a ghost and can't do shit.
2: Right. Because he's brain damaged and always has been.
3: (laughs) When it comes to her, a little bit. When it comes to everything.
2: Except, like, thaumaturgy. Harry's pretty good.
3: Yeah. And then... Murphy has to explain why she has to spar... Because she's tiny and weak and needs to be able to protect herself. Very strange conversation. And they start talking about Harry's death and very pointedly looking at him, saying, like, What do you remember? You were there.
4: It's like, Ouchie. And oh, then, Born Bang.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, one of the one of the things that I thought was odd. So like they, they take him into like a conference room to kind of interrogate him and whatnot, right? And then Murphy talks about how like they couldn't find the body and all this other stuff because the boat was in motion when he got shot. But I distinctly remembered him being like at the docks waiting for her. And like, I thought he was
2: on the dock. No, like, yeah, he was, he was either in the doorway or he stepped off. I
3: right. thought he was on the boat, like about to go out to the dock and then he got shot.
0: Either way, like Harry Harry was screwing around enough that it was definitely moored, I thought, you know, not no, it
3: was it was moored, but it, like the water is gonna move and the shot went into the bulkhead of the boat, and right. that means that they can't exactly do the trajectory with enough geometry to actually show what building Kincaid was on because water moves.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he was still on the boat.
0: Yeah, but I felt like Murphy was talking about the boat was like in motion. Like no, he I was not,
4: water
2: one, the, the
4: of
0: it, like, yeah. it it was it's not dark, at a
3: dark. Dark. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Because the water is still moving from everything that's going on beyond it. And then so that's why it's just like it's gonna raise and fall and everything.
2: Well, either way, he describes it as falling off the back of the boat. So even if there's just some rocky motion, I'm sure it'll throw off. Yeah,
0: like maybe it's not perfect, but you can still get a general idea. Like shots came from that away. Like, you know, there's so many buildings he could have been on
2: in
3: that direction.
2: Like, Anyway, not important. I'm sure she
3: didn't care to look into it that much. Right.
2: Well, yeah, doesn't Harry make an offhand comment about that later when he finds out who it is?
3: But something like right, right. It's at you, that
4: meeting, at the after the yeah. meeting, where she gets she gets like really angry, and he contemplates why. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it's like she started saying things like, "You don't know how hard it's been," and how I don't, I can't do a whole bunch of things anymore. And afterwards, he thinks like that's weird for her to do the damsel type of role, and probably because she didn't want to look into it because Kincaid is like the best person to think about. And right. he, if he was in town and he was comforting her, she would really not want to think he was the one who did it.
0: Right. And mm-hmm. she was right, and Harry was right, and yet wrong. too, <laughs> you know,
4: you know, It is pretty scummy to be like, kill Dresden and then go get some booty, probably. Like,
2: oh, I'm so sorry! And the dude's like a thousand-year-old <laughs> demon. What do you expect?
4: Yeah, <laughs> it is scummy. I can see why she wouldn't want to think about it. Well...
3: Mm-hmm. No and then they do talk about the damage done at murphy's house abby had a gut shot the retiree behind murphy's house died uh terribly and that's why she wants to kill Fitz. right and
0: murphy's also had to kill several talents including two near council level according to ramirez right so which is kind of interesting
4: full-blown warlocks not Necessarily council level. I think. I I think. I think they. I think they specifically said that though. Since I
0: wrote it down, but maybe.
4: I mean, I'm not gonna. It's not a hill I'm ready to die on.
0: Are you sure? Are you sure about that?
4: Did they create ghosts, or are they in their
0: soul? No, they caught the southbound train. So Mm. you don't know that. So it's so it's academic at that point. Like, yeah. Um. From here, Harry goes back to his grave. Right. No,
3: Harry figures out how to do fire and then a tracking spell, and he finds Molly. Okay.
2: They you know, have a guider talk, and Leia shows up finally.
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. And crazy. then they she kicks a bunch of Fulmore asses after. Right, they right. Leave. They ass. after her. right after being like starved and beaten by Leah, and then. Almost beaten by the FOMOR and some really badass illusions with the whole like six mollies or whatever and the guns and the mm-hmm. dramatic like one Molly mourning the other imaginary Molly being killed. Like I was like, okay, that's fucking next level, like Jesus, you know. Like he's a little crazy. Yeah. Right? They have to know that it's like fake or something, right? Like it's illusions, but I I don't even know what the cell is at that point when you're like my illusion mourned the loss
3: of the other illusion. So, it's good. My favorite part in this is when Leah so, can so very clearly see and know where Harry is at all times, uh, and Molly says his shades running around Chicago, and she goes, "That seems unlikely." Hmm. It's because nice he's shade. in his soul. Yeah. It Wait. is unlikely. <laughs> it's not likely for him to do that. It, she's just right. she's managing to do that uh, lie, very. Yeah, it's a
0: very Vulcan answer. Yes, like, that does not make logical sense. We're like you're right, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. So mm-hmm. that is improbable, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love Yep. Well, that and the whole like showdown between her and Harry about the whole like you're going to feed her and whatever, like you know, give her money so she can get
4: food, and yeah. like you're why your would I do
0: that? You know? Yeah.
4: And why would it? Because I would do that, and you're covering for me, and it's like.
3: <laughs> fucking, well, fucking and then shit. later at his grave, and she goes like, did you learn nothing from the lesson?
2: Right. Wait, the answer free. is no. He <laughs> learns nothing from any lessons. Right.
3: And I think it he, he comes back with something. It's a little late to try to teach me lessons, and she tries to say something, I think.
0: Right. <laughs> and then it's story time at the grave. Mm. So, yeah. Like one of the bigger, most important story times, because this is where we start to get a lot of Justin Demorn
3: stuff. Yeah, it's on one of the better parts trouble. of the book. If we want to continue in order, we go to the diner. Huh. Well, I mean, I
0: thought I covered that. Was there something else we need to talk about at the diner? Uh,
3: at Molly the, goes a little crazy. Molly acts a, little, a little, little...
0: That's
2: the summary okay, so, of the book. Molly goes a little crazy.
0: Right. She threatens some bystanders when she gets up to leave. I mean, okay.
3: Yeah, and then... Uh, Harry goes to Fitz.
2: Which we can skip,
3: because fuck Fitz. Well, Fitz goes to Nick Angel, which is the the time... Does that
0: happen before story time? Mm -hmm. Apparently I skipped a lot of this in my notes. Uh,
3: Yeah, because story time only happens during the day. And he's still running around at night. Fitz goes to Nick Angel, and Nick Angel gives information about the gray hoods, or big hoods, and... And right, things like that, and then Fitz goes to Fort Hill and gets a, Christian. Like, a hot meal, so
2: real quick though.
3: The, I'm saying, religious. Well, minor, he
2: runs Ragged at Angels.
0: Oh, right. Okay. My minor thing with uh, with his old boss buddy person too is that he's got like. 11 kids on the wall, right? And it's, he's been doing it for, like, 30 years, and he's like, who are all these kids? He's like, the ones that I saved. It's like, you saved 11 kids in 30 years? He's like, 11's enough, you know,
2: so. Well, I was gonna, gonna really say, he's, really a, he's a P.I. He's not a friggin... He's not Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a wizard. <laughs>
3: um, and this is when you get a uh, kind of background with the Faith Astor case, which was uh, Restoration of Faith. The first yeah. story ever, which I mean, so, like, how how many kids
2: is Harry actively individually saved? I mean he saves them in bunches by things he does by killing people, but like
3: Oh, well, then there was a whole bunch in like blood rights. Right.
2: Stuff. Right. That's well, what I'm saying. Was, he saves them in bunches was, either directly or through his actions. Like individual finding kids. I think he's done that what, two, three times? on
0: screen anyway like he, he had, some of the early books like he talks about how he's helped people in between but it's like finding wedding bands and whatever else you know so just typical right. stuff so well, i mean there was there
2: was faith Aster. there was actually i think that they're all in like side stories there was faith Aster. there was the kid in um backup with mm. thomas's short story hmm. and um
3: well there was uh, the alicia. warrior with uh, alicia carpenter
2: do we count Bigfoot?
0: Bigfoot's kid?
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I I, don't know, I, want, I mean, I guess I, I would count Alicia more than that because, like, I never can, can never see count it. I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count Alicia just from the sense that it's like it's your friend's buddy,
0: like, or your friends. Your friend's kid, you well, know. So like,
3: it's he and what then the witness and jury do it. Is poor I'd still count that.
2: She's not a kid, though. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Oh, she was a
3: kid. She was a dumb kid. Yeah.
2: (laughs) 17, the dumbest of kids. You get my point. I'm pretty sure all those kids on the walls were, like, fucking 7 to 12. Yeah. Right.
3: Okay. But Fort Hill is pretty cool. And uh, gives Fitz the opening. Would you like to make the pedophile joke now or later?
2: No, thanks. Great. I
1: refrain time. for the sake of time. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was the line. That was the line. I got it. Thank you. Oh, you're still here. Yes, I'm still here. I just didn't have anything to say when you guys were Whoa. talking about. You were one to talk. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that was just the line. It was all right. Father Fordhill makes this whole Fitz segment make sense. That's, that's, what, that's what I like. That's why I like the Fitz part, not for Fitz himself as much as. Father Forehill's whole uh, uh conflict and all that,
3: but it's better I,
1: when he's dying. I,
3: I think the yeah, the black angel she kind of laid it out. It's like he did everything he was supposed to, what else is he gonna do? Uh, or that was maybe it was Butters just kind of saying, like, he goes there and he helps the kid, or he goes there and gets himself in trouble and forces Murphy to help the kid, everything works out. Mm-hmm. Fort Hill is fun, and the fact that he is talented enough to be able to sense Dresden seems significant, even though nothing's going to happen. Like, don't know if it's something inborn about him or something trained over time. I was going right? to say,
2: didn't they, didn't they mention that it was kind of just, like, built up over time?
3: I, I don't remember. I think Stuart said that, like, the good ones can tell or something, but...
2: <laughs> well, that doesn't explain cats, because none of those are good. Cats are more different. Cats are evil. All, all cats can see spirits because
0: reasons, and then good priests can see spirits because different reasons. I don't know. Well, <laughs> cats are easy.
2: Cats are like the, the Keanu-Constantine line, half in, half out.
3: Right, 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 exactly. That was a good movie.
2: I liked it. Okay. it's fine.
3: Uh, now story time, I think.
2: Oh, please. Something good, finally.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Back to a 16-year-old. Justin, right yay
2: yep yeah. so he comes home we get the basically the whole story uh now and we actually get to see it in real time as to what happens with him and justin he who walks behind because he comes home around the day that elaine supposedly a stayed back
3: good guy trying to save harry from something evil
0: yeah he's, he's really not yeah hey dude reading that post i was like i don't have the time and wherewithal to like get into this but like
2: that's why yeah. i just posted that one line
0: oh it was perfect right Leah, leah's line it's like you you'd like to think that you misunderstood justin's intentions but you understood him perfectly like yep. <laughs> dude was a dick he was an asshole and he was trying to kill you and he definitely was mind controlling elaine there was no ifs <laughs> ands or buts you know so yeah. and she cannot tell a lie and she didn't even try to, like, fuck around with Dresden mm-hmm. on this one like she did with Molly, <laughs> you know, so. Yep.
3: People pay enough attention to Leah. Right. Personal opinion. But Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you get to see some stuff. I mean, you get to see some of Harry's shenanigans, like lighting the paper with a, a lighter. And, you know, it, Demorn. I don't know, man. Like, other than the fact that he is a crazy asshole, right? Like, if you just taken him as, like, if he hadn't done the mind control and the other shit, On the side he would have just been Like a super hard ass but like A a decent father figure anyway right Like it makes sense why Harry got swept up into It because first of all this was like A quote unquote forever home type Of thing for him he's not being bounced around To orphanages and other You know homes and whatnot. But like DuMorn was like you know Put the fire out you know because That's not the point of the exercise but he Applauds his ingenuity Mm -hmm. for Employing it anyway but he's like you should do what I told you to because you're better than this. Unless you want to flick your Bic the rest of your life, and then that's where Harry gets
2: flicking bickets. So and
0: he
3: says the line of. I like, don't get that. Whether really, the spell the
0: way,
2: succeeds that might or be not. Saying I don't know. So is a is a lighter company. Yeah, it's a brand of
0: lighter. So uh-huh. flicking your Bic is how Lighting you. Up.
3: Yeah. Okay. But Justin has the line of uh, it doesn't matter whether the spell succeeds or not. It's what's mattering to his opinion is whether you're trying.
0: The real magic is the friendship you earned along the way? No way. Uh, That's a different... kind
3: of. (laughs) Maybe not from (laughs) Justin.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, like if you look past the fact that he throws baseballs at Harry, trying to teach him how to shield, or the fact that he... Knowing that
3: he does that, but that he rewarded Harry with a baseball mitt, (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, I
0: think the baseball may- happened earlier, right? Like, I don't think they were to the shield stuff yet.
4: I got the impression oh, that nah. the baseball was like a prelude to the shield training. Exactly. Right, because he was yeah. Still it was, like, them up with
2: having a catch and then fucking rocket them at him. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Turn turn something you like into something terrible later. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so they talk a little bit about how Harry and Elaine spent a lot of time together, which you've heard like four times in three other books, and then. Um, you know, the whole, like, Harry came home early to take care of Elaine because she was sick that day, but really it was probably just Demorn did something or, or had already gotten to her enough to say that she was going to stay home. And he was in the, bi- the middle of trying to make her a thrall.
3: No, then, oh, he uh, had already. He, he yeah, she her. was already a thrall, and they were preparing to tackle Dresden. And oh, right. There was a straitjacket on the table.
2: Right. Out the window, or he, fly, he jumps out the window, whatever it was.
3: Yeah. And then after they engage a
2: little bit. And then he sticks at the convenience store. Then, that was the thing that I I never
0: fully understood, right? Like the engagement that's in the book was not where he died, no. right?
2: No, no. Because he, no. he goes off with Leah for a little bit and trains insofar oh, right. as she just kind of tortures him for a week or two. And then he goes Gives back to confront Justin with his Dumbo Magic Feather confidence. Right.
3: Yeah, this is why Leah said she missed that episode about what happened before she got involved.
2: Right, right.
3: So he goes to the convenience store and he uh, makes up a gun in a paper bag and does the whole kapow sounds for
4: like the side. And always like, okay, I know it's something, but like it's something like most original spell or whatever with like kapow.
3: And then he who walks behind starts being creepy <laughs> really <laughs> ah, he's creepy and he's a Harry's walker
2: six. yeah of course he's creepy
3: and Harry is 16 year old snarky back at him right yep and then
2: eventually blows up the gas station and makes him go away
3: not after doing that I know you are but what am I mm.
2: yeah well so Harry really
4: set the standard for snarking off to bad guys and how powerful they have to be before he won't so, if he does it to a walker, he has to do it to everybody, right?
2: Well, I'll say he was ignorant of the fact of what a walker was up until about White Knight. Yeah, he thought he was just a run
0: of the mill demon. And yeah, so he, was like,
2: just, he was just a strong he ass also demon.
4: Snarks he who uh, walks be- Before. in cold days. Right. Before,
2: right?
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: well, I mean, he snarks off to everyone, but right. except, well.
3: That I was his justification yeah. for doing it to um, the. Black-haired ladies that Batarung has, because like it's part of my identity to snark off to people. If I don't do it to them, they'll think it's not me. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and and I mean honestly though, in a, in a way, this probably sets up some of Harry's deeper personality with snarking off to powers, right? Because he had no idea that this was a badass demon, but then later on he finds out. Well, all I had to do was like blow up a gas station, and I beat him. So it's gonna be that easy all the time, right? Like there, it makes no logical sense why he's able to take out the Walker here.
2: Um, no, but he know. says as much that he thinks the walker through the fight.
3: Yeah. right. Yeah,
2: So so at least he's able to recognize that now as an adult.
3: Yeah, Right. Now that, and Leah plants the uh, hint of you are not the only place where your memories are stored.
2: It's right. like out there in the ether or in the universe. And she gives it. him a couple of hints as to who actually killed him.
3: Yes, because they had the deal of... Uh, two, three true answers. Three true answers. Right. for the story, and then she's like, say, who killed me? <laughs> and Eternal violence yeah. says, no!
2: Yeah, he shows back up and he starts screaming. Oh,
3: I am of a mind to end this whole charade. Yeah, and the description that Leah looked like she got smacked in the face by the, the power of his words. I love yeah. that
2: imagery. Cease your you. boss yell it. Yep, so then they uh, they hint at what Harry's about to do as a plan, because he decides to uh, go round up the Lecter Specters mm-hmm. to take the fight to the Corpse Taker.
3: But first, Fitz and Butters come with yeah, but <laughs> Harry, because Fort Hill decided to go talk to Aristides, and this is when you get the ride-along with Bob.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yep. So Bob looks kind of just like a young dude in his skull. Mm -hmm. uh he can now imitate food because he went on a rye for butters at like thanksgiving was it or was it just a normal dinner
3: no it was thanksgiving i think
2: yeah and harry's uh impressed by his whole like mini pocket dimension and he tells him well you know a golden cage is still a cage that's why i always want out but yada yada yeah and then they talk about his running around in his freaking soul man and he starts smacking him over the head with information. He's like, "Well, Uriel's obviously involved." And Harry's like, "What?"
0: My notes are definitely in a different order than we covered this because I just saw the whole. I like the Denny's thing with Molly, like, and some of her dialogue there. I was like, "Man, we should <laughs> not have <laughed> over that."
2: <laughs> oh well, it's,
0: it's badass. Go read. Go read it if yeah. you have.
2: Go to a Denny's and approximate the book. <laughs> Take the book with you and read that part. I can do it. I can make the fuckers afraid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just start saying that out in Denny's. That'll that'll work alone, not to anyone. You have
2: Wait, to obviously talking to no well, one. You sit there muttering over a half-drunk coffee cup with like your oldest, as gradiest as hoodie. Hot chocolate, but
3: yeah. yeah. Well, no you
2: can. You, know, you know, you can do coffee. No, you don't have to be hot chocolate. Uh, and coffee's but... cheaper.
3: I like in your notes, there's a difference between dead and gone, side-eye at De Mourne.
0: Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, come on, for sure. <laughs> like,
3: I was like, that's, uh, I don't know, like, is that foreshadowing? Because With all of the talk about Kemler whole... and Corpse Taker and Harry and what he does, right. you feel suspicious about anyone being dead.
0: Well, that and like it, it's incessant, and I roll my eyes every time, right? But everybody's like, "But, but Butcher says that he's D E D dead, and it's like, yeah, but the fucker is dead. But that also doesn't mean that he can't come back because you know Harry was basically dead. I mean, Harry was more like mostly dead, right? We're talking full on like you know, to, blah, to blave, you know, or whatever. So we get the whole really. Princess Bride, like, seriously.
1: Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, right. He, I, still, know, I still need dead. to watch if
0: that. All dead, you could only go through his pockets looking for loose change. So, but like, Damorn is like supposed to be dead, dead, right? But then, then you get Ghost Story, and and I think I'd seen another post where this shit came up again, and I'm like, we still haven't seen the body. And even with Ghost Story, we went through all of Harry's memories, and we still didn't even see how that fight went. Oh,
3: Especially you know? that Cowell is Petrovich and Petrovich Maybe. is Justin's teacher.
0: Right. And, 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 and you get like, how did Harry beat this demon, even if it threw the fight? And how the fuck did Harry beat like a senior warden? And, you know, just all of this stuff. There's not really any more answers even after Ghost Stories. So, yeah, I'm like, yeah, there. I can't say no. I say I don't buy it, but there's just enough that I feel like it could be a possibility still so
1: well, I mean, they, there's always a theory that uh Corpse Taker or Kemler taught Corpse Taker everything Corpse Taker knew. Kemler does the corpse taker thing, the body switcheroo. Kemler did the body switcheroo with Justin. Justin is dead, but Kemler and Justin's body was the guy that Harry knew. And uh who knows what You just there? read this poem, Jesus Christ. What? I
0: no, say, oh, people Christ, actually like, think was this, this is a thing. <laughs>
1: This is a, this is a real theory. And you could also you could also say, oh no! Real but then understand. somebody wrote it out. Just, you just ad hoc. You just ad hoc the. Uh, uh, well, then Kemler also did another body switch, and now Kemler's in Elaine's body. Oh Jesus and Christ! So you That's right. series. This is this is why the this is why the series when it continues will be glorious because once it finishes too, things just put to rest the speculation like this. Right. So be or nice. Or EG will Not be
2: one, because. These to people, yeah. these people will move on to other things as this, as the story goes on. Yeah, but they won't do it to
0: Dresden anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's still a lot of fucking Dresden to go. <laughs> I'm gonna be fifty by the time I'm done having to listen to these people.
0: Well, I mean, you don't have to. So anyway,
3: I disagree. Yeah. great uh, do to do. do. Okay. They get to the warehouse with. Fitz and his people and Daniel Carpenter comes storming in up until he finds out that Fort Hill's in danger because he was on orders from Miss Murphy to stop everyone from interacting with Harry. That's it. Just the sounds of disdain. Okay.
4: He's a loyal yeah. soldier, if nothing else. He's a prat.
3: Miss Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> um, done yet? <laughs> no. Oh,
0: and you totally skipped over the, the Leah quote uh with Mort. Like it, it's like your favorite quote in the whole series, isn't it? So like uh when he's when he's asking like when he's asking like what happens when Le- uh when Corpse Taker gets Mort, she wins. She wins.
3: <laughs> i kind of alluded to it before <laughs> she wins what are you talking about right. i love it, I love
4: it. <laughs> so i feel like we're so we're doing part two this
0: feels like right
3: um no
0: sorry i'm just going through my notes because like i said they got kind of jumbled the, with the way we approached them so yeah we're so we're talking to aristides uh yeah so I, moment, uh,
3: butters and daniel are pretending to be wardens and harry goes finding Fort Hill and there's an angel of death standing over him and he immediately threatens her. Right.
0: I'm gonna kick your ass. Like, what makes you think you could? Also, I'm not that kind of angel, like, Yeah, you know. And uh, her purpose
3: is to protect Fort Hill, should it be his time. Right. Because he's it, a good person and he and, gets-
0: And things like to eat good
1: people, yeah.
3: so. Yeah. Know. You
1: know, she uh, addresses him by his full name. The right. perfect information and in all this, of course. Like, right. that, I don't think this happens a couple times in this this booker recently. Well, Uriel does it later. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I Every mean, blackstone Copperfield does it.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the the whole pretending to be wardens thing I thought was neat and inspired, especially with Butters, like being the DM, right? Like, so it's him thinking on his feet and, you know, doing a mocking accent and all this other stuff. But then you get to the end and Aristides had just enough savvy to be right for the wrong reasons. And Harry's little explanation about it where it's like. So hey Wardens, and they're like, Yes, and where's your swords? And the Butters is like, uh, wrong answer. And and Harry was like, shit, if I had thought about it, I could have given him a believable answer, but though he did the one thing he couldn't do, which was hesitate. <laughs> so
4: <laughs> then the, and the annoying part is it's based on like a false assumption, right? That's so right well, because
0: because any of the senior wardens, which there still probably aren't a lot of those guys around, right? But it's still the cloak as well as the sword are part of the uniform. You know, Lucio made those, you know, part of the 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 piece that stands out for the wardens, so that's still part of the myth of it, you know, in a way. So
2: the problem is Butters was involved. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, this was I still- mean-
0: Remind me who you don't hate in this in Dresden Files,
2: so lots of people. More people than I do. Like But like, like all the prominent ones keep getting screen time. Name name three people you don't hate in the Dresden Files. Like other than Harry. Oh, I hate Harry half the time too. <laughs> I mean Harry's dumb, but you know. Uh well I mean like I like uh pretty much all the other wizards. I like Carlos, I like Ebb, I like listens to Wind. I even like Langtree. Uh I like Mab. Yeah, I love him. You know, I like. Uh... Who the hell was. Uh, uh... Butters? You like Butters? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Butters. You know, I like Bob. Like I said, I like most people. It's just. Eternals. Uh... Yeah. I like yeah, Andreas. Reach is fine.
1: You like Andreas?
4: Mm. There's no character called Andreas in the Dresden Files that we know of. Yeah. Silly Ben. So i thought you were other, a fan
0: other than the fight with Ar- aristides like the go ahead you're gonna but, say something.
3: so there's the fight and then fitz gets his he's gonna be a hero moment instead of a coward right and then that'll get right now tied up.
0: forever mm-hmm. so,
3: yeah. and then things get tied up and stories get concocted even though they don't make sense and people don't ask questions
0: and yeah and harry finds out that bob's been shadowing him the whole time because they still didn't trust him
2: yeah and yeah really i had this fucking theme that and that just it bleeds into the next book too
1: well yeah it's books.
3: still it's
0: yeah exactly it's still ongoing right like pisses I, me off to no one. I Believe like and and we're about to get to those books so we'll know for sure then but i believe I mean Karen mostly is over it, certainly by skin game. Like she would almost have to be um to to fulfill her role. And then um Michael, you know, like I don't think he's ever
4: Michael's never not trusted
0: Harry. Yeah. Like
2: not, well, not... He, he, he hesitated a little in
4: small favor. <laughs> like, I mean, even when he was possessed by a demon, he was he still trusted Harry. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Well, and I'm trying to think there was another there was another moment but anyway yeah like um you know he definitely had his concerns over the whole shadow incident you know with uh last and everything and lash but you know like he either way like he's still you know yeah ultimately he's still on harry's side but yeah like anyway a lot of a lot of the people yeah still don't quite trust him but I think Murphy's slow on the uptake here. Molly jumps in, you know, she pretty much trusts him immediately. Murphy's
3: reasoning, it gets explained at the end. It's like, she didn't want to think that he was actually dead. So she was refusing to believe that that was his ghost. It wasn't just just that.
0: It It wasn't just that, but they also talk about how it's not the first time that she's been attacked by something that looks like Harry, which means she's still fucking sore about the nightmare from Great Mm Peril. So, you know, and it's like, oh my God, it was one time, like, you know, like it must have really done a number on her though, right? Because like Harry yeah. talks about the psychic trauma, but it's a lot of tell don't show, right? So there, there isn't a lot of ways to empathize with her because it's like from my perspective, the thing had her for like five or 10 minutes and did whatever. And then Harry put her to sleep and then, okay, we've got like, I think the next book, she's still a little sore about it but after the ogre fight she's mostly getting her mojo back and throughout the rest of the series she's a total badass and then all of a sudden harry's gone she doesn't want to believe it and some other shit's happening and she's like back to square one you know for a lot of that stuff so and then in skin game she's like back in the seat again because she starts thinking and you know using some of her toys and stuff but yeah
3: um, do, do, do. So after the fight in the warehouse, I think they decide to try to storm Normandy.
0: Right, that's so when he gets the lector specters and he turns yeah. Stuart's hand cannon into a wizard staff, because Stuart didn't give him a weapon, he gave him power.
3: Yes, right. so and he sent the to go get Molly, which must have really hurt her, and right. she opens the way, and everyone else is on their way to the place anyway.
0: Right. And she has to stay behind this time because she, he needs a wizard to help them, otherwise they're not gonna make it into the place. So
3: Yeah. And she still is limping around, she wouldn't be able to keep up anyway.
0: Uh-huh. Which is kind of weird because it's like you're going to the spirit realm, like the rules should be bendable there, but
3: oh in the spirit realm. If you're uh,
0: experienced
3: maybe. They actually they everything was actually affecting them like the water was water it wasn't something they were passing through so i'm sure it would be even harder
2: i was going to say because wasn't that kind of i mean it wasn't like necessarily a proper dements but it had been influenced by evil bob and and all the events going on so i have to imagine it was made a little more concrete for lack of a better word Mm -hmm.
1: right
2: so yeah big cgi fight yeah
1: i mean really
0: normandy's app like it, it's super awesome because you got magical normandy with red skull i mean sorry blue skull as the uh you know the guy running the place you've got the the porcupine critters that like shoot out their barbs and like tear ghosts asunder and shit you've got the the lectors with their uh, grenades and whatever and it's like uh, the, sir stewart even has his his little fucking batman bombs you know that he lights the fuse and blows yeah. up you know the bunkers and you get to see you batman know
4: bombs oh, they yeah a like- little
0: black come on they're the little black bombs with the fuses like what Classic else
3: old cartoon so,
0: kind yeah oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah sorry anyway that's where my brain latched onto it i'm thinking like the giant one he was running around with everybody knows that scene never a good place to put a bomb anyway um so, but you also get to see Harry being like a badass wizard. And what was funny was like, so he he throws up a shield, right? To protect the ghosts for the most part as they like start blowing up bunkers. And at one point he's like, man, I, I don't know how long I can hold this against that kind of fire. It's pretty crazy. It's going to be less than an hour. What do you mean less than an hour? You can hold your fucking shield for an hour under heavy machine gun fire. That's badass. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's just kind of funny. He's like, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to do this. So
3: yeah and also he kept having the specters being all spread out but what they do later is like just literally pile in on top of each other
0: right like stand on top of each other yeah because that's still possible right yeah so yeah but he also he also unleashes them so once they get up top into the trenches and basically they become you know outsider level horrors and you know tentacle critters running around just eating the dog-faced
4: demons that
3: um, wolf Waffin
0: Yeah, the wolf the wolf waffin.
4: <laughs> I just can't when I picture them, it's just like it's not pretty.
0: Yeah. Well they're hairless dog faces, so
4: <laughs> not a great mental image. Let me just right. tell you. I try and I, I, I rarely picture stuff in books books that much. I just listen to the story. But I tried when I was like I really like I paused and I was like Man, that is that is nasty.
0: Right, well, that's right, because they also don't have eyes. They just have eye sockets. So, yeah. yeah. Which is always unsettling. Right? So, Because we had to have the extra creepy. So then, and then... Evil Bob. Yeah. Harry fights Evil Bob and mostly gets his ass kicked, and then actual Bob shows up to fight with him, and he, he tells him to go, because I've got to delay this guy for, like, two minutes until I can show up to close the gate behind you. But it turned out to be... Like uh, a ruse, basically, just because like so Harry gets all the ghosts to jump in simultaneously because ghost physics, and mm-hmm. then uh, find out, finds out that the gate was rigged to close anyway, so it was just like, you know, if evil Bob had known that he would have just disengaged to sh- to show up to close the gate early. So Bob just being a smart badass.
3: So yes, but most importantly, they all get through the gate all at the same time, and then they go boo,
0: right. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that this isn't the first time that a, a fortress has been stormed with an army of ghosts. I'm pretty sure, blah, blah, blah. But I'm almost certain this is the first time it's been done while they all simultaneously yelled, boom! So, yeah, great, great moment.
2: Well, their leader is a five-year-old, so...
0: 16. He just never grew up.
3: Yeah, and then... They start fighting all of the gray ghosts people, and Morty is terrified. And he, he
0: keeps telling Desmond how much of an idiot he is for for bringing them there and for for like, attacking. Right? Yeah, because they get like, eaten. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, he knows that now, but yeah, I mean, so Harry basically has the lectors run around and like start breaking shrines as like the remaining guardian spirits fight the Lemours. And that then the
2: subtitle of his autobiography.
0: Well, I knew that now. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He died doing the right thing. He knows that now and other Harry Dresden stories. Maybe that's what the third uh, thing should be. The There you go. Mythology. But yeah, so uh, he and Corpse Taker have a badass three-dimensional wizard ghost fight as they, like, disappear and reappear and throw fireballs and lightning at each other.
3: In uh, through walls and all sorts of crazy stuff. Right,
0: and then she, she keeps, like, picking away at the lectors as they're, like, breaking the stuff, and then finally she goes to, like, the last one to defend it, and then she's like, wait a minute, you don't even know why these are here, and then she breaks the last one, so... Yeah. Which, then- like, <laughs> remind me why she thought that was a good idea? Because like the only thing that I thought was going to happen initially was like the whole race was like it was mostly to keep the race contained. But
3: so it was to keep. I don't know. Now she needs to eat all of the race and get enough craziness to it's be able what to take what keeps over
4: the war up, which is keeping the entry team from entering. Which she needs them so she can manifest and take over one of their bodies.
0: Sure, and I know that that ended up being part of it too. But I was like, she's all like being smug in Harry's direction. I'm like, honestly, I don't know. And I <laughs> like, like I didn't feel like it was like such a big G whiz moment. But maybe that's because I've read it before. And I was like, yeah, but everybody's gonna be fine, you know. Um, but so the entry team does come in. Like Harry, Harry pops out at one point, um,
3: and yeah, no, he goes outside and then realizes that there's a threshold. And Murphy says, how did you get, plan on getting back in? And he
0: goes, uh, uh shit. <laughs> So they, so Murphy's team goes in after Molly convinces them all like to drop their guns or, or no, they, they shoot at the images, right? So Molly makes a, an illusory um, entry team. They shoot all their magazines empty and then Murphy and everybody goes in and Murphy like picks one of the big dumb ones and kind of like talks to him. and. It's, it's like a, I'll give you, a, yeah, I'll give you a candy bar if you, you know, it's an energy bar. But it's like I'll give you food if you invite my friends
3: in. And it's like, oh, won't you please come in? <laughs> so, and Molly puts them to sleep so that they don't get more damaged. And Harry goes off to find Morty and finds out great.
0: that they're being eaten.
3: Yes, and then he has to become crazier and manifest himself, even though he knows he shouldn't, right. uh, to save Mortimer.
0: He casts a spell that he probably couldn't cast in real life, and he just says, "Be."
4: Well, Looks like one of the cooler
1: scenes, right? Mm-hmm. This, this, uh, this, this spell uh, tied in with what we know about the outside makes me wonder if something like this is going to be how the series ends or the big climax at the outer gates in the realm of the outsiders. It's an anti the anti matter to our matter. And Harry, you know, carrying one of the swords just says "B," or something you know cast a spell like that right uh to to turn the upside down and right side up the uh turn the outsiders into insiders, or something like that right
0: maybe, I mean hopefully not because if he makes some insiders, I think and he we're lets
1: them the- in no. yeah well, you know <laughs> I guess like my point is that it it uh undoes. Undoes their, uh, maybe that turns them into something, but but kind of removes that whole realm uh, of things outside creation. Just expands reality to you know to infinity. Um, I don't know, or so, so, some way of undoing the outsider threat by uh, by casting some kind of spell like that. As a starborn, power over that. He has the power of creation. He's got the soul fire. He's got he'll he'll have all three swords at that final battle, no doubt, you know, and uh, Amaracius uh, being the sort of love and creation. I, think, I don't know.
4: So, okay, this is not an important ghost story, but do yeah. so you think that well, Harry's so. going to have all three swords? As well, I think all
1: three all swords going to be in the final conflict.
4: I, so it's I, think, super uh, I mean, I think they're going to be there, but I think he's going to have them given out by that point.
1: Oh yeah, well, maybe Thomas or somebody, uh, or some some kind of virtual. Maybe right? he'll bear himself. That'd be a great character moment for him, you know, uh, his his worthiness, uh, and his purity of purpose and intention. But it, it's it, the only reason I, I go on this digression is Jim has said repeatedly that there's no time in his series for wasted scenes, you know, things that don't lead up or build up to something. And of all this corpse taker stuff, uh, this is the one moment where I think there's actually something, with, which uh, might potentially build into an endgame scenario of the the final the final big apocalyptic moment of the series. Uh, otherwise, it just seems like so much chaff, and that's kind of how I started this discussion with my frustration with this scene, with this this whole this whole uh, plot thread. But I think this would be one way to incorporate it. Well,
0: and I think part of it, though, it, it, like the buildup to the scene is is Morty telling Dresden, like, you know, you just don't do this. Ghosts doing this is crazy. And then Dresden's like, hmm, I feel a little crazy. I've done some crazy shit before. And then he just does it, you know. And so, like, sure. it's it's also I feel like this. It's like, so Harry, Harry gets to break the rules, and he's going to break all of the laws of magic at some point, right? And this, while it isn't one of the seven laws of magic, feels like it's one of those magical laws that Harry is just like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll, I'll summon the giant Tyrannosaurus Rex. I will be the crazy ghost who manifests himself. And he basically wills himself to be alive for a short time, right? You know, sure. so it, right. it just feels like more that moment. And you're right, like in, in the theme of the story, it doesn't necessarily like overarching, it's not gonna be like, oh, hey, you remember that one time that Harry did this thing, right? But I feel like it's more like he broke one of those unwritten laws of magic, you know, in a sense that he just did this sure. power. So,
1: um, yeah. this, the soul fire, Harry is walking around in this soul thread it has it has to lead somewhere and that's something that's throughout multiple books so this is an extension of that where is it extending to and that's just want to try to speculate with Did i think you? it would be a perfect fit when you have the uh the outsiders being like the antimatter to our matter the kind of the uh, the perfect the perfect opposites of uh of things that exist they're the unexistent nemesis uh, maybe maybe anyway that's a put out too, too much of a Just trying to connect the dots. Right.
3: So to continue on, Harry gets back up to the people and finds that they've all been unconscious, and uh, Butters is talking to him, and then he figures out that that's not Butters, and gets uh, brains blown out. Right. And Corpse Daker then gets into a fight with Molly and Harry. Get out going of my friend. Yeah. And that's when we get into mental fortress fighting in Star Trek.
0: Right. Well, it's, it's kind of nice, right? Because you get a little bit of like, Harry has been doing this with Molly as probably especially after um, Turncoat. You know, there would have been a little bit of time where this was super relevant. They've been going after each other. And so you get some of their philosophies and you get to finally see Harry's like you get a little bit of it in deadbeat, but you get more of it in um, cold days because he fights the outsider this way. Um, And then with Molly, you know, you get to see her. Molly hordes, her Mongol hordes going everywhere and doing whatever, but she's also changed the game a little bit. So you get some of that introspection where she's got multiple sectors and as Corpse Taker commits more of her forces, she tries to detonate that area and basically trap Corpse Taker and and blow her up. Because if you kill her in your mind, you win. You know, you, you could potentially, maybe especially because she's the invader and she's a ghost, you would take her out um, so Harry finds like a carpet and literally makes himself a magic carpet. He explains all sorts of why that's a bad idea, and how he's tried to do that before. And then he finds where Molly's hiding, which is the treehouse, isn't it, in mm-hmm. her backyard. And uh, then he goes in there, and yes, it's the bridge of the Enterprise with multiple Mollys. Molly Spock answers the Old door. Old
3: Enterprise.
0: Right. Yes. The yeah the original with the knobs and the buttons that don't do anything. And it's and like, come
3: paper, on, super short skirts.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah, so Which, like
4: it, Molly's generation would be more like, like uh, Picard. Maybe. Honestly, I mean, if if
0: Molly is like on I mean, Molly is still a little bit younger than I am. Right. So it would have been DS9 Voyager for her uh, more than next gen. Now, where it comes so it's in, it's like
4: even newer. If if Michael like, was my dad's
0: generation, then he would have been watching TNG uh, because that's that's more what I directly grew up on like as a small child and whatever but apparently Michael or somebody really liked you know the the original series so that's what she went with um, and then you get the whole post closet post closet nerd world because Harry's like really Molly Star Trek you know so um, do you want to cover anything otherwise I'm just going to like Talk about some of the stuff, and then I mean, we kind of talked about some of it. You see them blow up stuff. You see, it, it's very thematic. So you get the dramatic, like screen shaking, and them jittering back and forth across the bridge,
3: and the dramatic music. Harry was frustrated with the fact that everything jerks to the right when they get hit. It's like, come on!
0: Right? They're in a treehouse in her mind, and whatever. And then, and then you've got Ensign Molly, the the checkoff of the group. You know, sorry, too much television. Uh, and then finally, like, um Kirk Molly and Spock Molly are arguing back and forth each other and fighting, and then Ensign Molly can't take it and lets Harry know that they've been this way ever since they killed you. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. And he so he finds out that the door looks familiar, probably because it's the door of the closet of the Church of St. Mary's, and then he and gets the missing piece of his what? memory back.
3: Time stops. Uriel shows up and... uh then they start dealing with the ramifications of it now that Harry has used Leah's hint to remember everything that happened that Molly took away.
0: Right. Yeah, so you find out everything that, you know, you basically get the snippet from changes that wasn't there, right? Like, you don't even get this in changes, but you get get the... um, you know, Harry feeling like it's all his fault, which turns out to be like the seven words that, you know, whatever the adversary was in this case, like it may not have been like Lucifer no, slash, directly. No, slash, it was, yeah. It was supposed to be last year, I believe, you know, she says, you know, it's all your fault. You, you couldn't save her or whatever. Harry makes the deal with Mab then, but then he sets it up with Molly. Like, I can't remember. You can't remember. He calls Kincaid to call in his favor to have Kincaid shoot himself. Uh, and then basically Molly has to like get rid of their memories, but has to do it in such a way that Harry doesn't even suspect anything, so they just make it from when he wakes up. Um,
3: just a point of clarity, Molly remembered everything, but Harry had to forget everything. Gotcha. Okay.
4: That's why Molly hated herself and was so guilty and got so broken and lived on the street, and etc. et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. Right. Yeah, because even though she, she did
3: it with his consent, she still is... Suffering the consequences of doing that with her power,
0: right? Oh yeah, and it was all your fault, Harry. Were those words? So
1: yeah,
4: and and it's con- I mean, it's sort of confirmed by Lashiel in Skin Games when she's like, when the whispers or whatever it was that was supposed to kill you didn't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Nice.
3: Yeah. And this is when Harry confronts Uriel about how and why he's running around, and he demands to know that everyone else is going to be okay. So yeah. he gets He'd
0: like a to to Christmas present already. So yeah. <laughs>
3: So uh, gets to see one tiny thing we didn't really mention is that Harry told Communications Molly to send a long distance message, right. and then Uriel points out that oh dear, what if someone hadn't done something or they're just making fun yeah, of him? What if
0: somebody didn't arrange to have one of his agents at the precise moment in the precise time to, you know, something like that, yeah. Oh,
3: right, someone should do something and Mortimer <laughs> shows up and does something and hey, corpse taker.
0: You did. ghost bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like you left an ectomancer behind with a pit of wraiths. <laughs> what were you yeah.
3: thinking? So.
0: Yeah
3: they get to see Butters the soul being put back into his body and very naked Andy and Marcy giving him CPR
0: right she's uh, very like, happy with. The, the headache and the pain in my chest this is i'm living the dream so yeah.
3: Yeah. um emergency services and all that mortimer talks to murphy and murphy starts crying because harry's dead right for Stewart real talks this time. To Harry.
0: Right. Yeah. Uriel offers him a job and says that he might have enough left to like make a recovery if he wanted to. And Sir Stewart's like, but my, uh, my kin descendant. or whatever, my descendant. And he's like, look at him. Look at him. He's going to be fine. So.
3: Yeah. And I think that's all from no, there. All but from then they, there. they go to other people.
4: Yeah. Thomas. I finally get to see Thomas. Yeah
0: being brooding and drinking and just totally upset until, you know, um, shit, what's her name? Justine. Yeah, Justine figures out the loophole. And then he's like, wait a minute, so.
3: And then there's this, like, you never see her again or think about her again, but I think her name was Mara. It's like, of course her name began with an M. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Justine forcibly makes Thomas stop being so emo. Yeah, okay. And Terry's uh, like, yeah, he, he's going to be fine. I don't have to worry about <laughs> it. And
0: we don't need to watch this. We're good.
3: Was there anyone else before Maggie?
0: I don't think so. I think it was just the three. And then he's like, okay, now one last person. He's like, oh, I was wondering when we were going to get to that.
3: Yes. And we find out that Maggie... Uh, is at the Carpenter's Residence, which is being protected by a fleet of guardian angels and Mouse. Right.
0: Who's a good dog, because everybody says so.
3: And Uriel calls Mouse little brother. Stood out to me this time. Yeah. Because a guardian dog and a guardian angel, I guess. I don't know.
0: But Well, I mean, he, he's a demon, right? We've kind of talked about that, too. Like the, you know, Eastern, you know, Mythologies call most spirits are demons, so he's probably just because he's a good demon, he's some kind of angel type or something, or it's some kind of different
3: Kind of like what you see in Zude of Mouse is talking like, we're meant to love, we're meant to protect, and that's the same thing that Uriel is trying to promote people from doing. Could
0: so, be, yeah,
3: you know, but there's definitely some form of relationship or. Friendship between the two, right? And then Harry's willing to go on, pass through the doors, and see whatever happens,
0: right? After right. The question wakes about. up in agony.
3: Which she should have expected. He should have expected pain. Right.
0: Yep. So it turns out Mab has been you working with Demon Reach to keep him alive, and she's probably been using some of her life force to do it
3: because she looks emaciated, which is what's going to happen when she's in Chicago in May. Right. Yeah, that too. Interesting. Yeah, and this is... The
1: Unseen Demon... culture of May is revealed, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like May 9th, like yeah. way early on. So,
3: Yeah. Um, Demon Reach says that the here gave sustenance or something, and Mab did something else, and the parasite, parasite. Yeah. made sure it worked
0: <laughs> it helped with circulation i think is what it was or something like that so the parasite being bonea so yeah,
3: which... yeah this is the only time harry gets is like wait what there's a parasite and then immediately he gets into an argument with map
0: right and basically says like you're gonna let me do it my way or you're gonna get me to only follow your orders and you're gonna have to be there to supervise me every single time and
1: you know, whatever. After, you know, after yeah. Uriel whispers lies, lies, she can't make you do anything other than Yeah. Whatever the phrasing is there. Right. Uh, I wonder I am curious, what does Matt gain from Dresden remembering he's his own killer? Why why is that his mission?
4: It, it's not she's keeping him alive because she wants him as his knight. Sure. It's Uriel who sends him on the mission. Yes.
1: Right.
4: She's no. She has no interest in it. Yeah, she wants him back. It, so
0: what I what I imagine part of it was right. So like she's keeping the body alive, but she knows she can't do anything to Harry's spirit. But she works it out with Uriel to do something with Harry's spirit. But Uriel can only work within this framework. So Uriel says, "Okay, I can, but he has to do this first, and then he has to choose it
3: mm-hmm.
0: because that's Uriel's team. Right? They play for." freedom of will, so...
3: that doesn't need a thug, she needs someone as clever as Harry, so even if she could just animate his body or whatever, that's not going to be what she wants. Oh,
1: so so she, yeah, he needs to be whole. That's definitely a, a possible need. I wonder though if if Harry did not realize that uh, the full extent of what he had done and how he had affected the promise, that would have, would that have affected the efficacy of her deal with him. If he didn't realize this element of him going back on the deal he'd made with Map, would he have felt the effect of the deal in the same way? I don't know if there's something there, where uh, he just like just like with the ghost thing. If he didn't, if he really thinks about it, uh, he falls right through the uh, right, falls right through the car. You know, if he thinks about it too much. If he thinks about it too much. Will he be able to just go back on his deal with Mab? How binding is, how binding really are the deals that mortals make with Faye, especially if they can't be made to do anything other than what they agree to, or what they what they choose to.
0: And that might be a part of how he gets out of it later. But I mean, at the end of the day, fairies don't give a shit, right? They don't care what you know or how you know it or anything like that, as long as you fulfill the letter of what was spoken. So she would have been totally fine manipulating Harry or having an agent manipulate Harry in order to get her way. This was a Uriel thing, especially because it was a fallen angel that did it. The other team broke the rules. So he gets to act to correct that balance, you know? So like, so it really does feel like more of a Uriel thing than a Mab thing. Like Mab wants to keep his body alive. Cause she's got, she, because there's a way that she could possibly get him. And apparently he's that important. That she's going to spend right. six months and then several months more, you know, once he's back, nursing him back to health and making sure that he's alive.
1: I guess I'm so, just noticing that there there are four powers interacting and agreeing to work this way. You have Uriel, you have Mab, you have the parasite, obviously probably for self preservation on that last one, and you have Demon Reach, and they all I mean, have something to benefit from this cooperation when they're very different kinds of entities. Right.
4: I'm I'm don't, I'm under the impression. Uriel didn't make any deal. He just did his own thing, and Mab is like, "Guess I gotta wait for him now and keep his body alive."
0: I thought, I thought there was the implication, though, that Uriel and Mab were working, or not? Yeah, that they were at least working towards a common goal. You know, like
4: she just expresses annoyance about Uriel's whole shtick, like what had to happen. I think that's the only thing she, that's really mentioned in, in on Maps' part. That the the whatever she calls Uriel's gambit paid off or something. Right.
0: That's it. I right.
1: mean. Uh, okay. Yeah. That is. Are we? Are we good? Or is this it? We're ready to so. outro. That's it. Because everything
0: okay.
3: else would be called it.
1: Well, uh, yeah, this has been uh, a wonderful episode. Thank you for listening to the Dresden Files podcast, or just skipping to the end to hear this announcement. Uh, we have many other things here at the Broken Jars Network. We have High Fantasy on a hiatus. We have uh, uh, Great Scott, which just celebrated, what, three years? was that? It, well, they had, it had an anniversary of it. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, the Office, the Office podcast. Uh, we also have... Uh, the, uh, the DM thing. Andreas, what, what do you guys talk about? this? Have you, have you had an episode since our last?
4: Uh, yeah, we have. We had an episode since the last. Uh, we talked about homebrewing, which is Ooh. a Dungeon
1: and Dragons term, if people know that. Oh, for sure. Where you make your own system and uh, you kind of work own
4: system them. or own world or changes up the rules in some way. Something that's not the standard written down.
1: Sounds okay. Hopefully that uh, I hope that turned out like a great episode. Uh let's see, what else do we have? Uh that's oh and sim talk of course. We're talking about professional simulations, and that's still going. So definitely check out the other presentation of the uh, Broken Jars Network here on YouTube or elsewhere, wherever it is. Broken Jars at XYZ.